How's everybody doing today? Good? Good. That sounded so convincing. I want to uh, commend you again because you are such a card-writing congregation. I talked to Phil Hancock this morning, and he said, you know, until you're the recipient of cards and encouragement and all those things, you, you really don't know what a church does. And, you know, we announced last week he's um, battling cancer. He got a little better news this week, but to help him through that news was uh, all of your cards. So thank you for being a congregation that, that just pours out and encourages um, people. Keep, uh, keep doing that. We continue our study this week that we're calling Blessed Assurance, and we're spending some time in 1 John. It's the 23rd book of the New Testament, so you can count 23 books in, or you can count five books back. It's, it's really not a very long book. It's 105 verses. And in this little letter, John wants to inform us of some things. He wants us to know some things. He even tells us in chapter 5, verse 13, he especially wants us to know about our salvation, which is the theme of our series, Blessed Assurance. I want you to be saved. God wants you to be saved. And God wants you to have assurance of your salvation. And so John writes in 5.13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. And so again, to repeat, he uses the word know or knows or acknowledge 40 times in these 105 verses, he wants us to know some things. He wants us to know that we've been saved. He wants us to know that we can have assurance. He wants us to live boldly. We, we can know that. And so he writes and he begins by telling us in 1 John about Jesus. He says, you, you need to know Jesus. And he writes firsthand. He said, I knew Jesus. I lived with Jesus. I walked with Jesus. I touched Jesus. We ate with Jesus. You, you need to know Jesus. And then last week we talked about how John wants us to know that God wants to have fellowship with us. And we're going to talk about that a little more today as we close out chapter 1. God wants to have fellowship with us. So let's begin reading in 1 John 1 verse 5. This is the message we've heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word has no place in our lives. Now, John wants us to know that when it comes to fellowship, God wants to have fellowship with us. When it comes to fellowship, let's say it this way, God brings something to the table, and God wants us to bring something to the table. So that's what we're going to look at today. When it comes to fellowship with God, here's what God does, here's what God wants us to do. So to talk about what God brings to the table, we need to talk about sin. We just sang the song, we were sinking deep in sin. As a matter of fact, nine times between chapter 1, verse 7 and chapter 2, verse 2, he uses the word sin. You can underline those in your Bible. So he's talking about sin. We need to understand sin. 
And to illustrate sin, he contrasts light and darkness. And he says, God is light. In other words, there's no sin in God. There's no darkness in God. God is light. And there's no sin. So if we want to have fellowship with God, we've got to understand sin. Because God and sin can't go together. God and sin can't coexist. Light and darkness can't coexist. So that's what he's talking about here. When God brings something to the table, God's got to take care of the sin problem because we can't. So he talks a lot about sin. In, God, in John's gospel, in uh, the gospel of John chapter 1, he says, In him was life, talking about Jesus. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. So if God is light, which he is, then we can't walk in darkness if we want to have fellowship with God. So in order for something to happen for us to have fellowship, God's got to do something. But a lot of Christians believe, you know, I can have fellowship with God and walk in darkness. But John says here, you can't do that. You lie if you say that. You can't claim to be a Christian and walk in darkness. And so we read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul writes this, But you brothers are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief, the day of the Lord. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So in other words, we belong to the light. God is light. And God, when he created man, created us to have fellowship with him. When God created man, he wanted to be in relationship. He wanted to be in communion. He wanted to be in fellowship. And then man sinned. And that fellowship was broken. That relationship was broken. We no longer have communion with God. So to have fellowship with God, somebody's got to do something about the sin problem. And that's what God does. God brings something to the table in reference to that. Peter says that when we're saved, God calls us from darkness to light. Paul says that we're children of light in 1 Thessalonians 5. But before God calls us into light, before God calls us out of darkness, again, he's got to do something about the sin problem. We've got to realize there's a sin problem. And that's why God sent Jesus. We mentioned last week God's main goal in sending Jesus was not salvation. Yes, salvation is important, but God's main goal in sending Jesus is God wants to have fellowship with us. But he had to send Jesus to take care of the sin problem. So let me teach you a couple of words today just to throw in some stuff. Justification and sanctification. Two Bible words. So when you're baptized into Christ and the blood of Jesus washes your sins away, that's called justification. Okay, that was part of the scripture reading today. So, so justification means God declares us not guilty. God takes care of the sin problem. Sanctification is where God's going to take care of our sin nature. So that the stuff that used to cause us to sin, He's going to make us holy. Are you with me? Justification says not guilty. Sanctification says I'm going to mold you and make you and transform you into the likeness of my son. So what does God bring to the table? He brings justification. The problem is a lot of Christians stop at baptism. Hey, I'm justified. I'm not guilty. God took care of the sin problem. I'll just go live any way I want to. And God says, no, 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 no. I need to sanctify you. Okay? Now, if we accept the sin payment, if we accept what Jesus did at the cross, if we respond to what Jesus did at the cross, God says, not guilty. I take care of the sin problem. 
were justified, or as we used to say when I was growing up, we were taught just as if I'd never sinned. When I'm baptized into Jesus Christ and all my sins are washed away, it's like I've never sinned, just as if I'd never sinned. That's what God brings to the table. He brings Jesus Christ to the table. He brings justification to the table. He takes care of all of our sin problem. God says, look, to have fellowship with me, we got to take care of this. Someone's got to pay the sin debt. And we all have a sin debt. Someone's got to pay the penalty. And God says, I'll bring that to the table. Okay? I'll take care of that. Now, what do we need to bring to the table? Well, God says two things. John says two things. We need to walk in the light and we need to confess our sins. God says, here's what I'm going to bring to the table. I'm going to bring Jesus who's going to take care of the sin problem. Now, I want you to walk in the light and I want you to confess your sins. Okay? Now, that sounds pretty easy, but we certainly don't make it easy because when it comes to sin, (laughs) we like it. We gravitate towards it. So even though Jesus took care of the sin problem and the sin penalty, there's this sanctification process that still needs to take place. The problem is we like sin. And John says if we claim to be without sin, we lie, we deceive ourselves. So if you are a person who says, you know, I don't have any sin, what you're saying is, I don't want to have fellowship with God because to have fellowship with God... God sent Jesus to take care of our sins. So if you say you have no sin, you say you don't need Jesus. And if you don't need Jesus, you can't have fellowship with God. But there's people in the world that way. Every so often you run into Christians that way. I don't have any sin. John says they lie and they deceive themselves because we need Jesus. God came, I say it this way, God came to cover our sins. You remember back in, in when, when God sent the ten plagues and on the tenth plague, God said, I want you to take some blood and I want you to put it over your doorpost. And, and when God comes through, he will pass over because your house is covered with blood. So in the New Testament, with the blood of Jesus, if we're covered with the blood of Jesus, God says, I got you covered. When it comes to the sin problem, God says, I got you covered. That's what I'm bringing to the table. I'm taking care of the sin penalty. The problem is, we tend to want to cover our own sins. God, I don't need you. I'll cover my own sins. Let me say it this way. Sometimes we don't want to call it sin. You know, if God's going to take care of the sin problem, God ought to get to be the one who defines what it is, and God calls it sin, but sometimes we don't want to call it sin. Sometimes we don't like God's call. It's kind of like going to a sporting event, an official or a referee makes a call, and you don't agree with the call. There's a lot of people and many Christians who don't agree with God's call of calling it sin. The Bible calls it sin, God calls it sin, and we tend to want to call it something else. So sometimes we cover our sins by relabeling our sins. We don't want to call it what God calls it. So we say, well, we messed up. We call it an alternative lifestyle. We say it's a slip of the tongue. So we, there's a lot of Christians that just want to, you know, call it something else. Listen, church, it's called sin. And so if you say, you know, what's the big deal what we call it? The big deal is God took care of the sin problem. So God gets to define the sin problem. So let's not relabel it. Let's call it what the Bible calls it. Sometimes we cover our sins by blaming others. You know, it's not my fault. It's my parents' fault. It's my teacher's fault. It's the government's fault. There's a lot of Christians. It's Satan's fault. It's anybody's fault but my fault. It's not my sin, it's somebody else's fault. 
Now here's what God calls it. God calls it sin. And it's your sin. And your sin is what can send you to hell. It's not anybody else's fault. You can blame people the rest of your life. But when you stand before God, he's not going to say, well, whose fault is it? It's your fault. But sometimes we want to blame others. Sometimes we cover our sins by comparing ourselves to others. Well, you know, compared to so-and-so, I'm not that bad. You know, the problem is I can always find someone who's living darker than me. I can always find someone who's living lighter than me. But compared to other people, my sins aren't that bad. I mean, do you see what they're doing? And we almost make light of our sins because we look at other people and say, well, you know, I'm not that bad. We don't need to be comparing our sins. Sometimes we cover our sins by just excusing ourselves. Well, Richie, if you knew what I was going through, if you knew what they did, if you knew the situation, if you knew the problem, you would understand why I did what I did. No, you're just making excuses. You sinned is what God says. So sometimes we try to cover our own sins. Listen, folks, God gets to define sin, and he gets to make the call, and it's called sin, and that's what he calls it, so that's what we need to call it. Again, some people say, Richie, you know what? What's the big deal about this sin? The big deal is sin is what separated us from God and took us out of fellowship with God. Sin is what sends us to an eternity in hell. Sin is why Jesus came. Sin is why Jesus shed his blood. Sin is why God loves us so much that Jesus paid our sin penalty. What's the big deal? Somebody died for us to pay our sin debt, our sin penalty, and we want to make light of that? No, we're not going to make excuses. We're not going to relabel. We're not going to compare ourselves to other people. We're going to stand before God and we can all say, listen, folks, look around. You might think, well, everybody in here has no sin. We're a bunch of sinners today. The Bible says all have sinned and we all fall short and we all stand before God and somebody's got to pay the sin debt. God says, here's what I'm bringing to the table. I'm going to do that. Jesus Christ is going to pay your penalty. Jesus Christ is going to take our place. That's what God brings to the table and that is a big deal. It's a huge deal. So what does God bring to the table? He brings Jesus to justify us and to stamp us and say not guilty. When God looks at us, when we've been baptized and the blood of Jesus has washed our sins away, God looks at us just like he looks at his son Jesus. We're the same. We're righteous in Jesus Christ. We're not guilty. But it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. So how do we have fellowship with God? Two things. Number one, we walk in the light. He says, if we walk in the light. So, you know, God wants us to walk in the light. What does it mean to walk in the light? Well, obviously it means we're not walking in darkness anymore. We're not drawn to darkness anymore. We reach a point where we begin to hate darkness and we start to love light and we strive for light and we want to be light and we reach a point where we welcome the Word of God and we love the Word of God when it penetrates us and it convicts us and it changes us and it molds us and we start to look more like Jesus every day. That's what it means to walk in the light. Listen, folks, when you become a Christian, your walk should be different. Let me read it to you the way Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or or greedy person 
Such a man as an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore do not be partners with them, for you were once in darkness, and now you're in the light. So what does it mean to walk in darkness? It means we don't do those things anymore. We strive to live more like Jesus instead of living like darkness. The problem is, do we possess any of those things right now? Because Paul would say in Colossians, you need to be putting that stuff to death. Again, God justifies us and then God wants to sanctify us. We want to keep living the way we were living. God says, not if you want to have fellowship with me. If you want to have fellowship with me, then you're going to walk in the light. You can't keep walking in the darkness. You know what Joseph did when Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him? You remember that? He ran from the darkness. You know the problem with many of us today? We run to the darkness. Again, we gravitate to the darkness. We like the darkness But when we become Christians, God wants to sanctify us and make us holy. So a lot of Christians stop reading their Bibles because they don't want to be convicted of darkness. They stop attending worship because they don't want other people to be looking at them strangely. They stop fellowshipping with other Christians because they think someone's staring at them. Listen, folks, walking in the light doesn't mean we claim to be perfect. Walking in the light means we claim Jesus who makes us perfect. I can't be perfect, but in Jesus, I'm perfect. So walking in the light is something that I'm supposed to bring to the table. If you want to have fellowship with me, God says, I'll tell you what, I bring Jesus and he declares you non-guilty. Now, because you're no longer guilty of your sin, here's how I want you to walk. All right. Number two, it says we confess our sins. We talked about covering our sins. Sometimes we want to cover our sins and God says, no, 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 that's my job. Why are you trying to cover your sins? God says, I don't want you to cover your sins. I want you to confess your sins. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means we admit that we have sin and we admit that we're sinners because that's what the Bible says. But a lot of people don't want to do that. In fact, the Bible says we need to confess our sins one to another. You know, I can confess my sins to God and be full of pride still. I confess my sins to you. Wow, that pride goes away. So I need to be honest with myself. That's part of confession. I need to be honest with God. I need to be honest with my brothers and sisters. Because the Bible says, God gives grace to the humble, not to the proud. Folks, the mark of a real Christian is not sinlessness. It's sin consciousness. Are you more conscious of sin now that you're a Christian? We should be. Just like the prodigal son, we've got to come to our senses. He came to his senses and he came to repentance. He was living this way and he says, you know, I've come to my senses. I don't want to live this way anymore. I'm going to change directions. I'm going to live this way. So now that we're children of light, we don't walk in darkness anymore. We walk in the light if we want to have fellowship with God. So we've got to confess our sins, which means you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Listen, folks, the New Testament word for confession means you go public. You say it out loud. You confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, and then you repent that you want to start living in a new direction. And then you're baptized because you want to walk and be a child of light. Romans 10 says, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Jesus said, whoever confesses me before men, I'll confess you before my Father. So there's got to be some confession. 
When was the last time you confessed sin? To God? To yourself? Accountability to a brother or sister. When was the last time? When was the last time you prayed to God and you didn't relabel and you didn't make excuses? God, here's what I have in my life. Here's the dirt. Here's the darkness. I'm giving that to you. I'm confessing to me. I'm confessing to you. And then you need to find someone that you can be accountable to. And I'll tell you what, when you start doing that, you will start walking in the light when other people hold you accountable. Now, if we want to have fellowship with God, God says, I'll tell you what, I'll take care of the sin problem. I got you covered. Now I want you to walk in the light and I want you to confess your sins. And God says, if you'll do that, if you'll walk in the light and you'll confess your sins, you read it in 1 John. He says, if we walk in the light as he's in the light, the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us, cleanses us from all sin. And if we confess our sins, he's faithful and he's just and he will forgive us our sins and purify us from all righteousness. God promises. God is faithful. God is just. Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians, the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. So God says, if you walk in a light, and you confess your sins, I'll remember your sins no more. Well, that ought to make us walk a little boldly, wouldn't you think? If you walk in a light, and you confess your sins, God says, here's what I'll do. I'll cleanse you. I'll purify you. I'll make things right for you. I'm bringing this to the table, Jesus Christ, who's going to take care of the sin penalty. You bring this to the table, and here's what I'm going to do. So why is it, Christians, that we still, well, I hope I'm going to be saved. I think I'm going to be saved. I might be saved. I'm not sure if I'm going to be saved. God says, listen, here's here's what you can know. God says, because I bring Jesus to the table, if you do this... You're clean, you're cleansed, you're purified. Doesn't that make you want to live boldly? Doesn't that make you want to live with assurance? God promises. The problem is, do you want to live the rest of your life with you trying to cover your sins? Or do you want to live the rest of your life with God covering your sins? Because God said, when it comes to your sins, I got you covered. I let Jesus die on the cross because I love you that much. And if you walk in light and confess your sins, that blood of Jesus, I promise you, will continue to cleanse and purify you. I promise you. Now, folks, why would you doubt your salvation when God promises to do that? Are you going to live a perfect life? No. Are you going to live in Jesus Christ? That's what we're called to do. We're called to walk in the light as he is in the light. Now, it's really pretty simple. I I don't know why we try to make it so hard. God says, I'll do this, you do this. It's real simple. So are you doing this? Are you walking in the light? Are you confessing your sins? Would you say that as a Christian that you're walking more in the light this week than you were last week? This year than last year? This year than five years ago? Would you say you look more like Jesus? Do you hate the darkness? Do you strive for light? When darkness is around, does it just make you nauseous and say, I don't want to be around. I want to live this way. What are you bringing to the table? Folks, God wants to have fellowship with us. 
And God provided us an opportunity to have a relationship with Him. We can go before the throne of grace. We can go right before God and say, God, listen, i got a sin problem. Can I talk to you about it? Here's my sins. Here's what I confess. And I want to look more like Jesus this week. Can you bring that to the table? It's called confession. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. It's called repentance. I'm tired of living in the darkness. And if I keep living this way, I know what direction I'm heading and I know there's nothing I can do to save myself. God, will you take care of that for me? Got you covered. Sent Jesus Christ to the cross. He paid your sin debt. And God, I want to start living this way because I am sick and tired of walking in in the darkness. God says, I got you covered. I still got you covered. The blood of Jesus that washed you back here, the blood of Jesus continues to cleanse and purify and wash. And because of God being God and promising to wash and deliver, folks, I can live boldly and with assurance, knowing I don't have to be perfect and I'm going to mess up, but I'm going to confess to God and I'm going to do what I need to do. And God says, I got you covered. What can wash away my sins? Nothing. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Will you accept what God brings to the table today? Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Will you repent of your sins and walking in darkness? Will you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord? Will you be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins today as we stand and as we sing? What?